I'm Noah Brown, and welcome to the Pep Talk Best Business Insights Podcast, where you can find daily tidbits of knowledge on all topics business. On today's episode, we hear from Stanley McChrystal on the Tony Robbins podcast. Stanley is a retired general in the United States Army and is best known for his leadership in the Joint Special Operations Command around the turn of the century. General McChrystal is highly distinguished for his service in the Gulf War, the war in Afghanistan, and the Iraq War. After finishing his service in 2010, General McChrystal began lecturing at Yale University and sits on the boards of directors for a variety of companies, including JetBlue and Navistar International. If you enjoy this episode and for more content, see the link in the description to subscribe to the Tony Robbins podcast on iTunes. So I'd really love to hear, General Crystal, your view of kind of the rude awakening I know you had right after 9-11. And I'm wondering if you'd share with us, you know, how you were raised to be a leader, what a leader was supposed to be, what he was supposed to do, how he or she was supposed to be like, and versus how have changing times maybe changed what leadership is needed today. I know you've talked in the past about kind of the humiliation style of leadership um, that you experienced earlier in your career as a ranger. And I'd love to know what the antidote to that is or what's most effective today. Well, Tony, thanks for asking. I, I probably hit a unique period because I came into the military. I grew up in a military family. My father was a soldier. My father's father was a soldier. My four brothers were soldiers. My sister married a soldier. I was born in an army hospital went largely to army schools, entered West Point at age 17 in 1972. And although that seems not that long ago, in reality, that was a very long time back in terms of how things were done in leading, because it was really closer to the World War II model of military operations and organizations. And I think that was true in business as well. And so I began my career as a, a young lieutenant in the army in 1976 when I graduated. And I entered an army that was much closer to the army my father and grandfather had been in than the army I would experience 20 years into my career. So I learned basic leadership skills, and many of them were, were really good. They were a foundation of integrity and lead by example <clears throat> and all of the things that are, are basic. But it was a hierarchical organization. There was a boss and a boss's boss, and information went that way. You could almost describe it as mechanical in nature, a big mechanical machine designed to be very efficient and predictable. And the idea was that if you had enough efficiency in that operation, enough predictability, and you had enough scale, that you could make up for a multitude of other weaknesses. And big armies would wrestle each other and they would try to be the most efficient beast on the field. And that was fine. And for really the first 20 plus years of my career, I grew up in that environment and I was relative, relatively successful and learned how to operate in that environment. And I thought that leaders were a command and control function. You got information from across your organization. You used your experience and what intellect you had and aided maybe by a staff. You made decisions and then you directed those decisions down and the organization complied. And if you were a better strategist or decision maker than your opponent, you would win. And, and so that really went on until about 2003. And I had spent part of my career in 
parachute infantry units, airborne units, part in Rangers and part in this Joint Special Operations Command. But in 2003, I took command of JSOC, as they called it, and the main part of our force was in Iraq. Our biggest problem was in Iraq, and that was six months after the initial invasion. And this was really the, the transformative time and, and experience for me because I brought with it all the leadership I'd learned, the habits, the culture, some good, some not. And I became part of a purpose-built special operations task force that was designed to go after traditional terrorist networks. It was designed to do precision raids at a fairly slow cadence, but with great accuracy of intelligence and great effectiveness on the target. And we had this incredible collection of professionals put together to do it. And with painstaking accuracy, we could perform these really elegant operations. And it was designed to go after a pyramid-shaped traditional enemy terrorist network that had a very strong leader and strong internal cohesion. And they also were somewhat mechanical. And that's the way traditional terrorist groups were. In fact, the original Al-Qaeda that was formed in 1988 in Pakistan, it was such an entity. But in Iraq in the fall of 2003, we ran into a new beast, Al-Qaeda in Iraq. It still had the name Al-Qaeda, which made you think it was going to be traditional. And we started to go after it that way. What we found is instead of being a 20th or 19th century entity, it was a 21st century entity. And Tony, what you mentioned about changes, Al-Qaeda in Iraq was as different from traditional Al-Qaeda as Uber is from a traditional bus company. It was designed to ride on information technology. And when I say designed, I don't think it was designed by Abu Musab al-Zarqawi as the evil genius who put together this concept. It came to be that way organically because now social media, information systems, and globalization were part of the DNA of the people who founded it. And so they automatically formed this entity that was more like a constantly changing network without strict doctrine, without strict hierarchy, without strict prescriptive procedures. But as a result, they were constantly adapting and they were constantly able to do what was best at the moment, as opposed to what the procedure in the manual said. And despite the fact we had more talent, we had more weapons, we had more, in my view, everything, for the first two and a half years of the fight against this organization, we had tremendous problems because they were fast, they were lethal, they were resilient, and they were constantly adapting to a changing environment. And we came in almost like a football team with a set of really good plays, and suddenly we find ourselves on a basketball court, and our cleats and our pads were not very helpful. So relatively late in my career, I'm part of this organization that's elite but has to change to be effective, has to change to win. And so I, I was lucky enough to be a part of this transformation. And it changed the way I think about how organizations operate in the environment that you described, but also what leaders have to do in that environment. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to subscribe to the Tony Robbins podcast on iTunes. And that's all for today, Pep Talk Nation. Be sure to listen in tomorrow for more quality business insights.